0: I never saw the first Incredibles
1: I don't know if I watched the whole thing But I saw a a lot of it, I think
0: I remember it's pretty good I ordered it in a hotel room And was excited to watch it And fell asleep (laughs) immediately And never did finish it
1: That happens pretty much every time I I was thinking that the other day I'm like, how can I search through the television for 30 minutes (laughs) And as soon as I find something to watch I fall asleep I do
0: that all the time Saturday night, I was trying to find something.
1: That's what I was, yeah. To, f-
0: to fall asleep to, because I just wanted to go to bed, but I just wanted to have something in the background. Mm-hmm. I was trying to go to sleep early, and I was looking for so long, I was like, I'm exhausted.
2: <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> what just, I did.
0: I never found anything at all, and I did, looking exhausted me.
1: I started watching some CIA documentary,
3: and I was like immediately Randy bellman and the dve morning show
1: it's two minutes after six at dve here's the channel 11 severe weather center forecast brought to us by bridgeville appliance Dozier. it's 65 degrees now at dve i'm val porter well it's uh, six o'clock seems like it's going to be the sexual harassment newscast the former fema personnel chief is facing accusations of creating a toxic work atmosphere. And hiring women as possible sexual partners for male employees. Corey Coleman headed up the personnel department from 2011 until resigning in June. The Washington Post got a copy of a seven-month investigation into Coleman. It says he hired a number of friends at fraternity brothers to positions and then gave jobs to women he'd meet in bars and on dating sites. He allegedly promoted the women's to positions without going through normal hiring channels so his friends could hook up with them. CBS is conducting an investigation of alleged misconduct by its employees. The company announced yesterday it would hire an outside law firm to conduct the investigation. Last week, the New Yorker published an article in which six women claim they were sexually harassed by CBS CEO Les Moonves. However, CBS's board of directors has not mentioned Moonves directly in the investigation. Bill Cosby is fighting a Pennsylvania v- board's recommendation To have him declared a sexually violent predator, classification would force the 81-year-old to register in the National Sex Offender Database and receive treatment. Cosby's lawyers are challenging the legality of the recommendation. He'll have to go through an additional hearing where the judge will determine if he is a sexual predator. Cosby was convicted of three counts of aggravated indecent assault in April. He'll be sentenced in September. And a major movie cast showing support for their fired director, members of the Guardians of the Galaxy cast, including Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana and Bradley Cooper, released an open letter saying their shock director, James Gunn, got canned. Disney and Gunn parted ways after some offensive tweets came to light in which Gunn made reference to pedophilia and molestation. The cast says they are not defending the jokes made many years ago, but want people to know that Gunn is a good guy. A new study says kids who are picky eaters will grow just fine, even if they don't eat their vegetables. Researchers from Michigan found that pressuring kids to try more foods can just create tension at the dinner table and can even damage parent-child relationships. Overall, making kids eat unwanted foods has no effect on their weight or whether they'll become picky eaters in the future. Well, it's amazing nobody was hurt after a 26-year-old rode his scooter in the dark along a dark New England highway with nothing more than his cell phone for lights. State police say the guy was able to make it all the way from Massachusetts to Maine early last Friday morning before being stopped. To make matters worse, they say he didn't even have a driver's license and his scooter wasn't registered. Police are handing out reminders that scooters and mopeds are not allowed on the main turnpike. Finally, PBS is set to air a two-hour documentary on Woodstock as part of celebrations marking the 50th anniversary of the festival. The documentary is scheduled to air in 2019 and will focus on the events that led up to the three-day festival that took place August 15th through the 19th on that dairy farm in Bethel, New York. The documentary will be part of PBS's long-running American Experience series. Well, we can expect uh, showers and thunderstorms again today. Uh, Expect those to roll in this afternoon and tonight. 80 for the high today. It's 65 a DVE. I'm Val Porter. Randy and Bill off one more day. Mike Pursuta, he is encamped at Steeler Training Camp. I guess that's what you do when you're at camp. Uh, So we'll check in with him at the bottom of the hour, see what happened yesterday. It's a DVE morning show.
0: I mean, Dennis DeYoung deserves his comeuppance. He not comeuppance. He deserves a reprieve. He has a show coming up in Greensburg, I believe. Correct? Does he? Yeah. Let me look. He's doing uh, his rendition of Cats, or what is he doing? The no H- Hunchback of, of Notre Dame. <laughs>
4: Hunchback.
0: We were casting Hunchback. I
4: forgot. Yeah, he's he's got that Midwest accent.
0: Oh, it's so funny. I mean, the Hunchback entire- of Notre <clears throat> Dame. I was I was uh, casting Hunchback. And I became light sensitive. That might be my favorite part of it. This is it.
5: Then <laughs> <And> in nineteen
0: ninety five, <laughs> Sticks suddenly had new
2: life. A and M wanted to repackage our greatest hits. And they wanted to get the rights to do lady. And um, Wooden Nickel wouldn't allow it.
0: But there's a loophole in the contract. which said if you re-recorded it, you could do it.
2: So I came up with the idea of re-recording the song with Tommy.
0: <laughs> Tommy and JY went to Dennis's house.
5: Hi, Tommy.
6: They
0: harmonized together for the first time since
5: 1984.
0: You're my
2: lady.
5: And I sang that Sorry, high note. <laughs> and that got me the job in the first place. And it was fun. It seemed like all it seemed like the past was kind of behind us. It was great.
0: Tommy, J.Y., and Dennis decided to take the Sticks reunion on tour. The next year, they marked the 20th anniversary of their breakout album, Grand Illusion. It was a short tour.
2: Dennis had a prior commitment to stage his musical adaptation of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. All the time we were on tour with Styx, I was flying to New York and Nashville and Chicago casting for the Hunchback premiere that was going to be in September.
0: A few months after the premiere, oh. Dennis suffered a devastating bout oh, with the no. flu.
2: I had really worked myself physically and emotionally to, to a nub. There was nothing left to fight back and I was nub. the thing just decimated me. He
5: was very, very tired. We'd gone to like 16 different doctors trying to zero in on why doctors. he was tired.
0: All these doctors, nobody could figure out what was <laughs> wrong with them.
1: Yes, Dennis DeYoung is bringing the 40th anniversary Grand Illusion Tour to the Palace Theater in Greensburg on October 19th.
2: We really Dude, we're going. Go. It's, a we ch- it's, feel- go. it's
4: field
0: trip time. It's a Friday yeah. night. Oh, we're field oh, tripping. That's going to be fun. <clears throat> we are field tripping out there. Didn't they try to make it dramatic, though, like it was something real serious? He's like, you know, Dennis had multiple cold sores. <laughs> no, it was light sensitivity. The doctors couldn't figure it out, but then all of a sudden they turned off the lights, and he said, "I feel better."
2: And uh, the upshot of it is, um, I I've become light sensitive. <laughs> so, and it took me almost a year of going to the doctors to figure out it was the light that was causing me to be fatigued and causing my face to heat up. And uh, it was a it was you know, a nightmare like experience do. for me.
7: Dennis says he's been to sixteen doctors and they can't figure out what's wrong with him. I mean, I mean, I'm going to let that stand as a statement. <laughs>
0: He's like, we're going to go on tour and make millions of dollars, but the light wussy over here can't get it together. Welcome to Sticks in the Dark. <laughs> he just comes out with one of those sleep masks. <laughs> Yo, my lady. Dennis was injured when he fell off the stage because <laughs> he was wearing a sleep mask. DVE Sports
1: to dv morning show i'm val porter randy and bill off mike Rasuda, live from latrobe at steelers training camp good morning mike
3: good morning val sports this hour brought to you by xfinity from comcast the question as to whether the pirates were going to be buyers sellers or just stand pat in advance of the upcoming non-waiver trade deadline today at 4 p.m has been answered at least in part there are still uh, a few hours between now and that 4 p.m. non-waiver trade deadline, but Neil Huntington making a move last night. The Pirates acquiring Texas Rangers closer Keone Kella in a trade that uh, will cost the Pirates uh, minor league pitcher Taylor Hearn, who has been working at uh, with the double-A Altoona curve this summer and a player to be named. Kella, a an intriguing acquisition. He's 25 years old. He has converted 24 saves in 25 opportunities for the Rangers this season. He's also got a 3-3 and record and a 3.44 ERA. But the number that jumps off the stat sheet, 44 strikeouts in 36 and two-thirds innings pitched. The Pirates... Bullpen has seemingly solidified itself of late, but you can always use another reliever, particularly one that throws hard and particularly one that can strike people out. Uh, Kella is making one point two million dollars this season, uh, his first year of arbitration eligibility. He is arbitration eligible for two more years and can't become a free agent until uh, the 2021 season. Bucks uh, general manager Neil Huntington said in a statement that the team issued late last night slash Early this morning, quote, Kella is an experienced, quality, high leverage reliever who projects to be a significant addition to our late game options for the next few seasons. So uh, the Pirates, uh, they think they made themselves better in advance of tonight's game against the Chicago Cubs at PNC Park. John Lester for Chicago against Jamison Tyone of the Pirates. And it's a big one, uh, the first of two, again, between the Bucks and the Cubs. At PNC, the Pirates are currently third in the NL Central Division, seven games behind Chicago and six games behind the second-place Milwaukee Brewers. And in the wild-card chase, uh, the Pirates are three-and-a-half games behind Arizona, which is currently in possession of the second wild-card. The Braves and the Rocks are between the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. So the wins are going to be uh, precious and at a premium the rest of the way, particularly this week when the Pirates play the Cubs twice take Thursday off, and then welcome the Cardinals for three games at PNC Park. The Steelers are off today. They were uh, on the practice field yesterday, and uh, yesterday's practice uh, characterized in large part by the ongoing battle between cornerback Artie Burns and uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown. We've seen that the last couple of summers, and we're seeing it again this year at St. Vincent College. Burns isn't covering Brown all the time. But he's uh, covering them a lot, and it's uh, getting combative at times, and it's getting personal at times, but uh, it's all uh, toward the same end. Here is Artie Burns. You know what? I'm going to try that one more time and see if it works this time. Now, here is Artie Burns.
6: Yeah, you know it's a little bit, but, you know, it's all all coming from a good place. You know, we just want to see each other get better and win that Super Bowl you know he, he don't really say too much you know but when he when he catch that when he catch that touchdown you know that's when he, he he you see what he do you know go to the crowd and flex up and all that you know
3: yeah Antonio Brown doesn't win every time but when he does he lets everybody know about it and uh, Artie Burns when he wins he just uh he just kind of does his job uh it's uh, it's been really interesting to watch these two guys go at it cuz Brown is obviously one of if not uh, the best uh, receivers in the game and uh, Burns is trying to become that at cornerback. The Steelers don't think there's a, a better way for Burns to work toward that than to try to cover Antonio Brown. And if you're going to do that, you are uh, you are going to get sizzled on occasion and you got to live with it and come back and play the next play. Another thing the Steelers are working hard on out here at St. Vincent is tackling. They don't think they did a very good job of that last year. Uh, they have been running live tackling periods, uh, somewhat atypical for an NFL training camp, but they've been doing that – uh, for a number of years under Mike Tomlin. They're doing it again this year, and they are doing it with a purpose. Here is Vince Williams.
6: No question we've got to tackle better. I mean, just looking at how good we were at defense, despite how bad we were at tackling, speaks volumes. You know, if we could pick the tackling up, we'd probably be a number one defense. And then it's just a will and a want to, you know what I mean? Football is a physical game. you got to want to go out there and, you know, make tackles.
3: Yeah, cornerback Mike Hilton uh, feels the same way. Uh, he is more noted for covering uh, receivers as the Steelers' slot corner and for sacking quarterbacks uh, while blitzing uh, off the corner or from that slot position. But uh, he knows every, everybody's got to be better at tackling, and it's going to take everybody to make the Steelers better at tackling.
6: It, it, it's a mixture of things. You know, a, a lot of us, like you said, blow-up hits. You know, we're not breaking down. We're just trying to dive. It, it's just a mixture of things. So that's one thing we've been focusing on since we got here. You know, just whether you get them down in the first wrap-up or anything, just wrap-up and hold on. You know, ten other guys are coming.
3: Yeah, it's not uh, – they don't want to impress anybody. They don't want to uh, wind up on the highlight reel. Really. They just want to get the guy with the ball on the ground and then go from there. And that's, uh, that's probably a good way to approach it. Did you ever see the movie Invictus, Val? No, it's a rugby movie, and definitely uh, not the the one team is playing uh, another team with, with this huge guy that they're all afraid of, and the captain says, uh, "Just hang on, the uh, help's coming." Just hang on, and maybe that's <laughs> uh, maybe that's what Mike Tomlin needs to show his team. Uh, Steelers, as I said, off today, and then uh, back at it on Wednesday afternoon. When I understand Valerie that there will be some uh, visitors to campus. Yes, on Wednesday afternoon. Do you mean us? I do.
1: (laughs) I thought maybe somebody else was coming. Yeah, we're looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, it's going to be fun. You guys coming out uh, Wednesday, and then you're coming to the show Wednesday night, correct? The uh, uh, Labriola and myself doing the first live uh, from La Trobe. Yeah. Edition of training camp, and then Thursday morning uh, we're broadcasting live, the whole group of us from up here, and then uh, live to tape Thursday afternoon for Friday morning, right?
1: Busy couple of days.
3: Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I think the the boys are too.
3: I'm uh I'm uh, eager uh to welcome you all. It'll be fun. Welcome to my world that'll actually apply.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll talk to you next hour, Mike. Uh-huh. Uh coming up at the top of the hour, I've got news for you and uh we'll like I said, we'll talk with Mike next hour. More Sports DV Morning Show.
3: Some highlights provided before the game even started by relief pitcher Stephen Brault, who will be a guest today on the DVE Morning Show, and he performed a national anthem before last night's first pitch. For the land of the free
0: and the home of the brave.
3: Great job by Brault, wow. who, who has a musical background and... Uh, he appeared uh, in the musical Damn Yankees while in high school. If you're No uh, kidding. If you're unfamiliar with Damn Yankees, it is a hell of a baseball tale told through song and dance.
7: A great slugger we haven't got. A great pitcher we haven't got. Sounds like a Bob
4: great ball club we haven't got. What, what do we
3: got?
7: We've got home.
3: Yeah, and it goes on from there. But uh, yeah. that, uh, reviewing that, it, it, you know, Great Slugger, We Haven't Got. Great attendance, We Haven't Got. Sounded like it was about the pirates, right? So I did a little Damn research. Damn buckos. There are actually five musicals that were about the pirates. They're, they're not as publicized as some. but no there, kidding. There are five of them. Oh, right? really?
0: Well, uh, I, please uh, I have eliminate them here. us.
3: Uh, <laughs> North Side Story. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Two rival gangs, one comprised of fans that want a winning team and one comprised of ownership that doesn't want to pay for it, battle it out at the ballpark. General manager Neil Huntington's love affair with a Puerto Rican named Clemente takes a tragic twist when the Pirates (laughs) don't want to give him a long-term extension. He leaves via free agency and tragedy. When you're a buck, you're a buck for life. (laughs) Chicago. Don't even have to change the name of this one. Oh, yeah? Cubs pitchers sing and dance while gleefully punk- plunking Pirates, and the Pirates pitcher's response is to do nothing about it. A response we haven't got. Another one you don't have to change the name of. Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to change the name. The is that bullpen. about the fans? All you have to do is start reviewing the pirate seasons beginning in 1993 <laughs> and skip the years 2013, 2014, uh. and 2015. <laughs> Another one you may not have heard of. Tommy. Tommy. Deaf, dumb, and blind kid Tommy John, once a great pitcher, joins the Pirates after blowing out his elbow and (laughs) inspiring a surgery that will bear his name. (laughs) Robbed of his once formidable skills, Tommy still appeals to the Pirates because of the (laughs) financial (laughs) flexibility he provides at the club. Fans at PNC Park eventually revolt by smashing the pinball machines that were installed at PNC Park to distract fans from the poor on-field product. (laughs) <laughs> I like it, beautiful Michael. And last but not least, guys and dolls. Uh, the guys aren't very good at baseball, but the bobblehead dolls ownership provides periodically, in lieu of a winning team and a competitive payroll, distracts just enough people to keep the ball rolling. It's a uh, Pittsburgh adaptation of the never-ending story.
0: That's your five
3: musicals that are about the Pirates. Outdozer.
1: It's 65 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. A criminal investigation is being launched into the deadly duck boat sinking at Table Rock Lake near Branson, Missouri. Missouri Attorney General Josh Hawley's office says it has opened a criminal investigation. They are working with investigators to decide if any criminal charges are warranted. 17 people died when that duck boat sank in stormy conditions at the lake on July 19th. And the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is trying to figure out who took three kids fishing in an unsafe area on the Allegheny River Sunday. Surveillance photos show a man and the kids near Allegheny River Lock and Dam 9 near Templeton before fishing inside the warning buoy area on the icebreakers. Officials are calling that behavior dangerous and illegal. Well, today is National Avocado Day, and to celebrate, the uh, Chipotle fast food chain plans to give away guacamole. The offer is only for entree orders through its website or mobile app, and patrons must enter the coupon code Avocado. Chipotle will also give away an order of chips and guacamole with the purchase of a burrito, burrito bowl, a salad, or tacos That free offer is for today only, which probably makes it a bad time for Chipotle to shut down a restaurant because people got sick eating there. Uh, The chain said in a statement yesterday, closed the restaurant in a Columbus suburb out of what the company called an abundance of caution. At least two customers wrote on a food safety website they were nauseated and had diarrhea after eating at the restaurant. New moms are being encouraged to think twice before boozing. A study published today in the journal Pediatrics says kids who are exposed to alcohol through breast milk may experience a drop in their cognitive abilities. Researchers at the University of Australia followed the development of more than 5,000 infants since 2004. Researchers found an increased consumption of alcohol aligned with lower nonverbal reasoning in kids who were breastfed by the time they were 6 and 7 years old. The good news is they discovered when those kids were 10 and 11, they didn't notice uh, so much the lower cognitive ability. In Alabama, a simple road trip turned into an adventure when a man had to jump off a bridge to save his dog from the water below. Al Trovinger and his dog River, I guess appropriately named, were stuck in traffic because of a car accident. Well, River got restless, so Al put a leash on the dog and let her walk around, but that wasn't enough to calm her down. She jumped into the water below, snapping her leash in half. Al watched helplessly from above before taking the plunge as well to save his dog. Some good Samaritans nearby also pitched in by throwing a life vest in their direction. Al was able to reach the dog and guide her to shore where paramedics and a state trooper were on the spot to make sure both were okay. Neither was injured. And of course, Al said he's going to get a much stronger leash now. Probably a good idea there, Al. A Florida man who wanted people to snap to attention at a grocery store got his wish thanks to the live alligator he used to chase them around the store. The guy hasn't been identified, but he strolled into the Jacksonville uh, store holding the critter and immediately approached the counter where he asked the clerk, Y'all ain't out of beer, are you? Before the stunned worker could answer, the crazy guy bolted to the back cooler where he addressed another customer saying, Is he taking the last bit of beer? You're not taking the last bit of beer, are you? He then grabbed a 12-pack and left the store. It's not clear whether he paid for it or not. I would just say, go ahead. It's okay. You got the gator. Just keep going. An Arkansas woman is accused of killing her husband due to a dirty movie. Officials in Whitehall say Patricia Hill put two bullets into her husband over the weekend after arguing about his purchase of a porno on TV. They say the 69-year-old shot her 65-year-old husband then waited for police to show up when she called 911. Hill allegedly committed the murder in a shed, shooting him in the head and the leg. Finally, Aerosmith's set to perform live on NBC's The Today Show concert series. That'll be August 15th. No tickets available yet, but when they are, it'll be free and a first-come, first-served basis. Meanwhile, guitarist Joe Perry says the band will be celebrating its 50th anniversary in 2020. But Festivities are likely to kick off with a farewell tour later this year. Showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. Temperatures around 80 for the high at 65 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Pursuta coming up at the bottom of the hour, live from Steelers training camp. Uh, He is in the dorm for his 32nd season with the Steelers. So that's on the way. It's a DVE morning show.
7: One time, man, I was was really drunk uh, right after college. I I was in Cincinnati, and there was this mall. The, the bar at a mall, and I was like in the mall parking lot, and I just, I just—you
4: you know, can't hold it, man.
7: I know, the I was pressure so is drunk, too enormous, man. So I feed, and then the mall cop came up. Oh, and he's like, he's like, hey, man, and Flashing I was so dumb. On I was you. like a dumb <laughs> drunk young guy, and I was like, come on, man, what are you gonna do? You're a mall cop. He goes, Well, what I can do is I can call the real cops. And he gets on his (laughs) watch. And I go, Hey, man, I'm sorry, man.
4: I didn't know. I completely let go go of the button. Uh." Let go of the button. (laughs) I swear, man. Let go of the button, Todd.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I was like, I swear, man, I'm a jerk. I'm a bad person. Just please, God, don't call the cops. I'm (laughs) Stevenson, call his neck. I'm gonna call the like, oh brother <laughs> escalated this unnecessarily. <laughs> I killed someone. You gotta you get know back what's to your, so your...
4: funny that you said that because you know, we never respect the mall cop, right? No. Because no. he's not a real cop, he's like the mall supervisor. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. yeah.
4: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they can't technically arrest you. You know that, right? They no. got, They they, t- they detain you mm-hmm. or try to, like, kind of make you sit down until a real man, get here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my boy just told me the funniest story. This kid got caught uh, shoplifting in a grocery store, right? So the, the, the grocery store security surrounded him, right? So he's sitting there. He's like, you sit right there, you thief. You bad <laughs> man. You bad man. And then there was a dude with a shopping cart. Just drove by. You know they can't hold you, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it was like a it was like, yeah. it was like a paralegal <laughs> slash like, you know, a, a gift from God. Like my man my man sitting there like I'm going to jail, I'm going to jail, and the dude on the shopping cart getting his eggs. Goes, hey brother, you know they can't hold you. Right? <laughs> My man <laughs> got up real slow. He was like, "Are oh, you serious?" <laughs> and ran down aisle nine and out the store. <laughs> what a wonderful—you yeah,
7: know—sometimes there's guy, a gift. That guy's probably like—he probably collects a fee, man. Yeah,
4: <laughs> you know, but do you know how much crap was St. in his Johnson, pants while bro- he was she- sitting there by the egg section, <laughs> by the egg section where all the little Oscar Mayer bologna is? They got him sitting there like, "You, you thief! Mm-hmm. <laughs> we saw you trying to steal the eggs."
7: You know they can't hold you. You know you can't hold you.
0: (laughs) DVE Sports.
1: It's a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, broadcasting live from Steelers training camp. Talk a little Pirates today as well because they made a move ahead of the trade deadline, uh, which is later this afternoon.
3: They did, Val. Sports This Hour is brought to you by Citizens Bank. Uh, The Pirates are set to open what looms as a pretty significant series a two-game set against the Chicago Cubs tonight uh, the first of those two at PNC Park and the Bucks made what looks to be a pretty significant move in advance of that pretty significant series they get the uh, Texas Rangers closer Keone Kella uh, in a trade that will cost the Pirates minor league pitching prospect Taylor Hearn and a player to be named Kella's 25 years of age. He has 24 saves in 25 opportunities this season, and he has struck out 44 batters in 36 and two-thirds innings for his major league career, which began in 2015. Kella has 208 strikeouts in 169.2 innings. Uh, Best of all, perhaps from the Pirates' perspective, he's only making $1.2 million this year. The Pirates will be responsible for a prorated portion of that. And uh, Kella will be arbitration eligible after this year and after next year. He can't become an unrestricted free agent until the 2021 season. Uh, The Pirates issued a statement late last night or early this morning, depending on how you look at it. Uh, General Manager Neil Huntington considers Kella a, quote, experienced, quality, high-leverage reliever who projects to be a significant addition to our late-game options for the next few seasons. That, uh, in my opinion, uh, a pretty accurate assessment. This guy can pitch. Uh, he is a hard-throwing right-hander. Anybody's bullpen can use a guy that can do what Kella does. Uh, Taylor Hearn was pitching at Double uh, A Altoona. He was 3-6 and six with a 3.12 ERA uh, 19 starts, two complete games, and a shutout. He had 107 strikeouts in 104 innings. According to Major League MajorLeagueBaseball.com, uh, Hearn was the Pirates' seventh best prospect in their system. So uh, a top-ten prospect price was paid, and uh, it's a deal the Pirates uh, presumably made because they want to get to the postseason, uh, and they're trying to do everything uh, that they can to get there within... Uh, their self-assigned means. Uh, Bucks and Cubs tonight, John Lester against Jamison Tyone. Lester is 12-3 and with a 3.06 ERA. Tyone, 7-7, and 3.73. It is getting uh, more interesting by the day uh, at the ball yard. Pirates are seven games behind the Cubs in the NL Central, and they're uh, three and a half games behind Arizona for the second wild card spot. Steelers were on the practice field yesterday, uh, at least uh, most of them were. Some guys missed with injuries, and then, of course, there's running back Le'Veon Bell, who isn't here and uh, who isn't expected to be here uh, until the start of the regular season, which means he won't come to St. Vincent College at all. Uh, we talked uh, a lot yesterday, Val. Uh, we we heard, I should say, from Kevin Colbert a lot yesterday. Uh, defending the the Steelers' method of operation and defending head coach Mike Tomlin and uh, things of that nature. Uh, Let's give a listen this hour to uh, Colbert's take on the ongoing Le'Veon Bell saga. Of course, he uh, blew everything off last year and showed up uh, a week before the regular season was scheduled to begin. That seems to be uh, his plan again this year. Colbert's take on it is that uh, what Bell did last year didn't help Bell or the Steelers, uh, and it's not... uh, going to help uh, Bell
2: or the Steelers this year either. He's a pro bowler. Did it hurt us? Did it, could he have been a better pro bowler? Yes, I believe so. Because uh, I think anybody that misses training camp, um, be it through injury or not being here, they're not going to be as good. Was he still a pro bowler? Yes, he was. But from a team standpoint, which is our main focus right now, sure, to have everybody here is important. Um, but he's not here, so we can't dwell on it, and all we can do is try to get better with what we got. And whenever that changes, then we'll deal with that.
3: Yeah, not that uh, not that Le'Veon Bell had a bad season, not that the Steelers had a bad regular season, far from it in, in both cases, but uh, could have been better, probably uh, would have been better had he been here at training camp. That said... Uh, When Le'Veon Bell eventually does sign that uh, franchise tender tag and uh, report for duty, Kevin Colbert uh, expects Bell to be Bell upon his arrival.
2: He'll be in top physical condition. He won't be in top football condition. When he gets on the field, uh, I never worry about Bell's competitiveness. He wants to prove what he believes that he's the best, so I don't worry about that at all. And I think he'll do that in the team. You know, he's gonna he's gonna put team over individual goals.
3: Yeah, Kevin Colbert, not the only guy who feels that way. Uh, ever since the Steelers got here last week, uh, have not heard a discouraging word about Le'Veon Bell and his situation. Uh, everybody expects him to get here eventually. Everybody expects him to be the player that he is. Uh, he's he wants to win for his team and he wants to uh, establish himself. Uh, as a commodity in the event that he reaches unrestricted free agency next year, which seems very, very likely. Uh, In the interim, uh, Kevin Colbert said uh, he doesn't believe the second consecutive failed contract negotiation with Le'Veon Bell will result in any bad blood over Bell and the Steelers being unable to come to that uh, much sought-after long-term extension.
2: Didn't last year, so I don't anticipate it, you know, this year. I think... You know, Bell even said that after we didn't get the deal done. He says, hey, we, we tried. We both tried. It didn't work, but I'm, I want to be a stealer. And whenever he gets here, again, that's his decision because he's not under contract. We can't do anything about it. All we can do is he knows. We're not going to say, hey, we wish Bell was here because he knows that. But, uh, again, we're not going to waste time on what we can't control.
3: Never a bad idea not to do that, Bell. That's don't right. waste, Don't waste time on what you can't control. All you're doing <laughs> Great is words of wisdom time. for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Colbert, a wise man. Steelers are off today, and then uh, they'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, it's a big week, uh, first and foremost, because uh, the DVE morning show in its entirety will be out here tomorrow. Can't wait to uh, welcome you guys to campus. Uh, Labs and I have our first live from La Trobe show on 102.5 DVE tomorrow night. And then Thursday we've got uh, the live uh, from Saint Vincent broadcast Thursday morning, and then the live to tape from Saint Vincent broadcast Thursday afternoon for friday morning and then Val, I know you guys would probably love it so much when you come out here uh Friday night everybody goes over to Memorial Stadium in Latrobe for the annual Friday night lights practice
1: oh yeah that's always a huge deal
3: yeah that draws that's a, big, uh, that's a fun time that draws a phenomenal crowd and it's uh, it's quite a show and a celebration of all things Steelers. so uh it's a big week out here, and a big week for the Pirates who start that series against the Cubs tonight, and then they'll welcome the Cardinals this weekend.
1: Did you see the video? I'm sure you didn't. I don't know if you're on Instagram. The video AB posted yesterday.
3: I I did not. You uh, you are correct to be sure that I did not.
1: <laughs> it's Ben's kid throwing a a nice pass to AB's kid, and AB's kid running down the field.
3: Did AB's kid run the wrong
1: route? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. It's really cute.
3: It's interesting you bring that up because there was a moment in practice yesterday, uh they they threw a Ben threw a pass to Antonio Brown, and Ben threw the ball as if he thought Brown would be running to the corner of the end zone. And Brown ran a route as if he expected Ben to be throwing a post pattern toward the middle, deep middle. And then on the next play, the ball once again uh was not uh, it didn't come anywhere close to being completed and Ben started screaming at the receivers. I uh, couldn't quite make out everything he was saying, but at the end of it, he yelled, "I'm tired of it." Ooh! So uh, he was a little honked off yesterday. Hopefully, uh, AB's kid ran the right route. Because <laughs> we we don't want little Ben to uh, have to chew him out.
1: Well, These that's kids, kids uh,
3: shouldn't chew each other out. They should just play catch. Yeah, they right? just have fun, right? Yeah. Well, that's but, you know
1: well, that's why they have practice so they get it things is, ironed out.
3: It, it is interesting. You, you know we heard from Ben uh, when he did the one on one with me the day after he got here. Uh, he talked about how he's still driven and he still wants to be great, and uh, he is throwing the ball hard. He uh, looks and,
1: like he's in great shape.
3: Yeah, he's moving around and and rolling out and avo- avoiding the rush and and doing a lot of things with his legs that uh, you know I guess proving to everybody maybe even uh, himself included that he can still do that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of days ago he stayed out on the field after practice working on specific throws. He, he's all in out here and he uh he is getting after it. So that's a pretty encouraging sign for the Steelers.
1: Very good. We'll check in with you again next hour, Mike. Thanks, Val. Thanks, it's a DB morning show. Guns and Roses guitarist Slash is being granted a temporary restraining order against a man he claims tried to gain access to his house. According to multiple sources, the unwelcome man tried to convince Slash's girlfriend that he was a friend so he could get into uh, the house during a Super Bowl party. I would love to be at Slash's Super Bowl party.
0: (laughs) Me too. What if it's just Slash and just some, like, stale Tostitos and guacamole? Uh, the same guy reportedly sad. returned two a weeks hairline. later
1: and was once again uh, trying to get into a house party by claiming he was a friend. On both occasions, the guy allegedly got pissed off the first time destroying Slash's security camera.
0: Do you know where you are? You're at Slash's house! <laughs> get I, out! Finally. You're gonna die! Remember, uh,
1: Paul's, Paul. remember uh... Paul... Yeah, Paul. Yeah. Why am I drawing a Paul blank Stanley. Stanley? I was going <laughs> to say Paul Stanley Simon. Ended. Do you know where you are? You're a Slash's house. And you finally, some fries?
0: Is
4: that the J- James Cagney
0: movie? Or, no. Or
3: no. That's Yankee Doodle Dandy? Yeah. It's different <laughs> Yankees also. Damn Yankees is like the crossroads of baseball, right? The guy, uh, he's a Washington Senators fan. They stink. The Yankees win all the time. He hates the Yankees. So the devil appears and makes a deal that will turn him into this super baseball player who can lead the Senators over ah, the Yankees. Right. It's an a, it's kind of like the natural. There's a dramatic conclusion, really. Uh, you
0: know, I'm so a did,
3: pirate doodle,
0: dad. In indeed. all of Cagney's
3: movies that, like that, there's one he did uh, where he was d- director of a play at West Point, believe it or not, too. He always speaks instead of sings. Because I'm guessing he couldn't really sing. Yeah. But he would get these. He was big enough star. He would get these acting roles where he had to sing a little bit. He'd just fake his way through I
4: don't know what I,
0: I don't know how to sing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's right, James
7: Cagney. That's good that you pulled the James Cagney out
3: there.
0: You dirty rat. (laughs) Wow.
3: Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show.
1: It's four minutes after eight at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Danielle Dozier. It's 66 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump says he has no problem shutting down the government over immigration. Talking with reporters at the White House yesterday, Trump also noted there is always room for negotiation. Government runs out of money at the end of September. Part of what Trump is demanding involves several billion dollars to start building that massive wall on the U.S.-Mexican border. A defendant in the Penn State hazing death case is due to appear in Center County Court today for sentencing. Ryan Burke pled guilty to misdemeanors in connection to the death of Tim Piazza in 2017. Piazza died after falling down a flight of stairs during a hazing ritual that involved drinking an excessive amount of alcohol. Burke will be the first of several defendants to be sentenced in the case. Prosecutors are pushing for a 90-day jail sentence. Some Pittsburgh residents may have noticed several helicopters flying low over the city last night. I definitely was wondering what was going on. Public city officials say it's part of a planned military training exercise and is not in response to any current events. It's reported there were as many as six helicopters flying low over the city, at times just a few hundred feet off the ground. Would have been nice if they kind of let people know that ahead of time so nobody's freaking out. Uh, At least seven people injured after a car struck a Port Authority bus in Springdale yesterday afternoon. It happened on Pittsburgh Street near Moyand Street. Police say the driver of the car fled the scene of the accident but was later taken into custody. It's reported that the injuries are not considered life-threatening. Canada Dry is being sued for the apparent lack of ginger in their ginger ale. Julie Fletcher filed a federal lawsuit in Buffalo, New York, claiming that Canada Dry and its parent company, Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, misled customers. The suit alleges that customers were led to believe the ginger ale contained real ginger, which I think it might even say on the bottle, but instead it only contains a minuscule amount of ginger-flavored extract. The suit also alleges Canada Dry began emphasizing its ginger ale was made from real ginger around 2007, which is when their carbonated Uh, or all carbonated drinks started experiencing declining sales. Well, this stuff always freaks me out, and I always love to share it. A video of a parasitic roundworm crawling through a New Jersey man's dinner is going viral. Jim Guinea posted a clip to his Facebook page Saturday night showing a white worm wiggling between the cod and the rice. He was eating at an Asbury Park restaurant with his family when they spotted it. The restaurant compensated him and his party, but they've also been criticizing the man for posting the video calling it an attempt at damaging the restaurant's reputation. If you want to see it, we've got the video for you on the morning show page at dve.com. Do you have things in your home you wonder why you have it? Maybe you had a few too many and started a little online shopping. Well, a new survey finds Americans spend an average of $450 on stuff every year, every year while they're drunk. Rehab facility Archstone Recovery found almost half of those surveyed said they had bought something while inebriated. The survey broke it down by what people were drinking at the time. Gin drinkers tended to spend the most... Beer and whiskey drinkers were a bit more conservative with their drunk spending habits. Finally, LeBron James may be heading to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers, but he hasn't forgotten about his hometown. On Monday, the I Promise School opened in Akron, focusing on at-risk third and fourth graders. The school was created through a partnership between the LeBron James Family Foundation and Akron Public Schools. He called the school project the most meaningful accomplishment of his career. When he was in fourth grade, he was absent for more than 80 days due to his turbulent family life. Forecast today, showers and thunderstorms developing this afternoon and tonight. 80 for the high, it's 66 at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Pursuta coming up at the bottom of the hour live from Steelers training camp. And we're going to be talking to Adam Berry from MLB.com about the so far the only move the Pirates have made ahead of the trade deadline, which is at four o'clock this afternoon. So he's coming up at 8.15 this morning. It's a DVE morning show. It's the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter. Randy off today. Bill off today. Mike Bursude is live at Steelers training camp, and I think we, we're going to have him on now. Mike, uh Mike, you there? I am, Val. Very good. And also joining us on the phone, Adam Barry from MLB.com. Adam, thanks for joining us this morning.
5: Yeah, hello. Uh,
1: so the Pirates making one move so far today. Is this the right piece to the puzzle?
5: I I think it is certainly a right piece for them. I think you know the the market for starting pitching is pretty tough right now. Uh, teams are asking for ace like returns from pitchers who aren't necessarily aces. So uh, they went out and they made a move that's not just about this season. And um, getting Keone Kella, the Rangers closer, uh, it's not just about the rest of this season when they are realistically uh, in the hunt for a playoff spot. It's about 2019 and 2020 as well because uh, he's under club control for that long. Uh, it's a way to shorten games. You look at the teams when they were in the postseason, 2013 to 15, they had a shutdown bullpen. They had Tony Watson and Mark Melanson in the back end. Now you're looking at kind of a younger version of that right now with uh, Keone Kella and uh, Felipe Vasquez, not to mention uh, the pretty solid back end of the bullpen they put together with Kyle Crick, uh, Edgar Santana, and Richard Rodriguez. Uh, if they can't upgrade their young rotation, they can at least shorten games for them uh, by putting together a good bullpen, and this was a good move toward that uh that direction.
3: Are you surprised they became buyers not sellers or at least didn't stand pat? I think the seller thing was probably buried with this recent hot streak but uh I think they could have made an argument uh at least publicly that standing pat was the way to go. Are you surprised Neil Huntington added
5: not really, just because that's the indication that they had given off, not only publicly, but within the industry. Um, I've heard over the last couple of days they really wanted controllable pitching. They went out and they got controllable pitching, and I wouldn't be too surprised if they had some of them move before 4 p.m. for a starter, you know, if they find a price that they like. Uh, the, the hot streak really did change everything. I think Neil and company were very much prepared to sell uh, sell off some veteran pieces Heading into the trade deadline as of about three weeks ago when he said as much that their optimism had turned to realism. They weren't a very good team then. They've been a very good team since then. Uh, Put themselves within four games of a wild card spot and six and a half, seven games back of the Cubs. So they'll play plenty more heading into the, you know, in the end of the season. So uh, I'm not terribly surprised that they went in this direction, especially the way that they did. These aren't rentals. These are not all in moves for just this season. These are moves that pay off for a long time and it's kind of a buyer's market right now you know there's so many bad teams in baseball and so many teams that are you know looking to reload with prospects for the next couple of years that they actually got you know a really good pitcher for a pretty good price (laughs) think of what the pirates got for two months of mark melanson two years ago they got ultimately what's going to turn out to be seven years of felipe vasquez a really good prospect in Taylor Hearn, so that, who they just turned around and dealt for two-plus years of Keller. So they took advantage of a pretty good buyer's market and, and made a pretty strong move.
3: What do you anticipate regarding the player to be named? Uh, what, what do you think will determine that, and uh, what kind of pool might that guy come from?
5: Yeah, from what I understand, my colleague out in Texas reported that it's a true player to be named situation, not like the... 45 minutes last night, where they just couldn't get a hold of Taylor Hearn. Um, It's going to be um, from a list of prospects, and the Rangers will announce that in August. Uh, In the past, that's just been generally a list of guys kind of at the same level. You know, the Rangers need young pitching, so they could just give them a list of, you know, A ball pitchers that the Rangers can now go scout more extensively uh, that they can go take a look at and pick from there. It's not to say that it couldn't be a good prospect, it's just probably not going to be one of their top prospects. Uh, I think a couple years ago, it turned out to be an outfielder from Brighton named Tito Polo, who was a pretty good player, uh, but it was just sort of a group of players uh, that they can choose from. So that's still to be determined, but it should be within the next month or so.
3: And when you look at uh, what uh, Kellum might contribute, you, you just mentioned strengthening the back end of that bullpen to bolster a, a, an inexperienced starting rotation that maybe doesn't have to go quite as long in games now. Uh, is the strikeout thing what really jumps out at you? This, uh, particularly the pen. It's not a great strikeout pen, and that can cure a lot of ills late in games.
5: Yeah, it's a big arm, and I think you gain, you know, a lot of margin for error even with your control when you can throw ninety six, ninety seven like Kelly can. Uh, we've seen it with Felipe Vasquez, and I just think it makes a lot of sense to go in that direction because you know, as good as Edgar Santana and Kyle Crick have been, as good as Richard Rodriguez has turned out to be. There's still some uncertainty there, and not much of a track record. So you get a guy who has a proven track record that you can plug into the back end of games, along with Felipe. And it just shortens the, the whole game up for you. It also gives you a stronger what you call B bullpen. So when you're behind in games, or you know you're you're up a lot, you don't have to go to those same guys and wear them out basically over the course of the season because you only trust three or four relievers. Now you've got another guy that you know you, know you can trust and you know is going to be a prominent. Uh, part of your team for the next couple of years so it gives them some depth to build around and it's never a bad thing.
3: Yeah I guess in a perfect optimistic world they don't have to ask Vasquez to close four days in a row. Exactly. (laughs) Because they're going to be ahead now all the time right?
5: (laughs) Yeah you'd have to hope for I think they'd probably take the idea of closing four games in a row if that meant they were going to be leading four games in a row but you're right it's you know it's a little less pressure on those arms it's not having to wear down Kyle Crick or Edgar Santana or Richard Rodriguez and you know Felipe, some of these younger arms. You can mix and match a little bit. You now have a guy who has experience closing games. So your you know, your second closer is not a guy who's now in his first full season in the majors and Kyle Crick. Who's had a really good season and I think, you know, that's just a really strong bullpen core to kinda of build around going forward. And if they do get to a point where they decide they want to move on from Felipe, they do want to make that trade, if it's any time in the near future, I don't that's not the indication that I've gotten at all but they could move him and still have some pretty good bullpen depth behind him if you know they just get a godfather offer.
3: You mentioned uh, rumblings in the industry. I'm, I'm looking at uh, your site right now, Adam, uh, MLB.com, and uh, there's an article that uh, identifies twin second baseman Brian Dozier as a possible fit for the Dodgers, Indians, or Pirates. Yeah, um, it's not your article, yeah. but I, I just wanted your thoughts on that because I like Dozier as a player. I don't—he's a rental, and I'm not sure he's a fit, but uh, he would be an upgrade, would he not?
5: I think that's the idea—is that if you know the Pirates have not gotten a lot of production out of second base and has not been a very good season offensively for Josh Harrison, so then that is a potential spot that you could upgrade. Especially again, as I mentioned, if this gets to be a buyer's market where you don't have to pay what Brian Dozier should cost. It's a move that a contender would make, um, you know, just to upgrade the lineup, to upgrade what has been potentially a position of weakness, uh, and then you can kind of move on from there. I-, I would think the Pirates are still more in the pitching market over these last couple hours before the trade deadline. We've heard them mentioned with Chris Archer, which would obviously be a pretty big haul. As someone who previously covered the Rays, I will believe Chris Archer gets traded when it actually happens, and maybe not even then. Uh, we've heard them tied to the Orioles, organization with Kevin Gossman and maybe Dylan Bundy, Uh, but I think there's still probably another move to be made between now and 4 p.m., the way this market's developed. I'd be surprised if it's Dozier, but I would not be surprised at all if they go out and they get another arm.
3: Last thing for you, Adam. Uh, Assuming they get Dickerson and Bell back sooner rather than later, uh, is the recent uh, spate of play legit? Are they contenders relative to what they're dealing with in the wild card race and maybe even with the Cubs?
5: Yeah, it'd be tough for them to catch up to the Cubs. I think some of the projection models and analysts and everything give them a, a 1% chance or so. That'll probably increase since they've added Kella. That's a pretty big upgrade over the reliever he's probably going to replace on the roster. But it's still a really long shot in the division. In the wildcard, I think they're just as much in it as anybody else's. We've now heard the Nationals, who probably have the most true talent in that race, are going to listen to offers for Bryce Harper. You know, the Giants may trade Andrew McCutcheon in August. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of those teams kind of falling out as a, as their chances get more unrealistic. And, you know, I don't think the Pirates are going to win 15 of 19 every stretch like they have over this last, uh you know, three weeks or so. But I think their record is more or less representative of who they are or who they have been overall, up and down and back up again. And I think going out and making moves, uh, you know, like the one they made late last night, It's going to instill confidence in a young clubhouse. It's going to encourage them that, hey, you know, you are in this. You know, keep playing like that. Kind of light the fire under everybody. Uh, So I I would say they're in the race at this point. Still, you know, an uphill battle for them. You know, they're four games back, and they've got some good teams that that they're chasing. But, uh, you know, they've basically done all the right things and done everything they've needed to since three weeks ago we thought they might be selling today.
3: Well, that's great stuff, Adam. Really appreciate you jumping on with us today. I know it's a busy day for uh, everybody in the industry, but uh, thanks so much for the time and the insight. Yeah,
5: haven't even had coffee yet, so I'm ready to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks, Adam. Adam Berry from MLB.com. Check out his work there. Mike Pursuta coming up next live uh, as we just... Talk to him, but you're going to talk Steelers.
3: Yeah, we got a lot going on, and uh, that includes uh, taking a look at the picture for the Steelers at inside linebacker. A lot of people don't think it's a very pretty picture, but uh, we'll take a look at it anyway.
1: Mike a live from Steelers training camp next on the DVE Morning Show.
0: DVE Sports.
1: It's DVE Morning Show. Mike, thanks for uh, handling that interview with Adam Berry from MLB.com. Now we'll turn our attention to the Steelers.
3: Yeah, just uh, one little uh, add-on to the uh, Adam Barry stuff, and thanks to Adam for joining us uh, as well. Uh, Sports This Hour is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Uh, one of the things he mentioned, Val, was that uh, this should be a shot in the arm for the clubhouse. Uh, you know, the players now know that uh, the management is backing them, not uh, detracting from them, and uh, maybe a lot of people – uh, in the uh, the region in Pittsburgh or in Western Pennsylvania, they, they might not be uh, real familiar with uh, Keone Kella because he pitches for the Rangers, who are having an awful season in the American League, 46 and 62. He's not a household name, but uh, this guy uh, has got great numbers on the stat sheet. He can pitch. Uh, this is this is an upgrade, and uh, it's an upgrade in a spot where maybe it can help all the Pirates starters because it makes that bullpen behind them stronger. So good move by Neil Huntington, and we'll see uh, what, if anything else, he has planned uh, in advance of that deadline today at 4 o'clock. Bucks and Cubs tonight at PNC Park, John Lester against Jamison Tyone. The Steelers have the day off today. Uh, They can uh, collectively exhale after hitting the ground running here at St. Vincent College. Everybody showed up uh, last Wednesday. They practiced Thursday and Friday. Then they put the shoulder pads on on Saturday and uh, continued the hitting through yesterday. Uh, One of the things they're taking a hard look at here in training camp is inside linebacker. It's uh, perhaps the most unsettled position on the team. Uh, The Steelers are without Ryan Shazier as they were. Uh, ever since he was injured last December in Cincinnati, and they're trying to figure out what to do with that position. They went out and signed uh, a relatively uh, under-the-radar free agent in John Bostick from Indianapolis. They have Tyler Madikiewicz, who got hurt last year shortly after Shazier did, and they have Vince Williams. They are uh, playing those three guys at inside linebacker. They're playing them in various combinations of two. And uh, in various situations, whether it's base defense or sub-package stuff, uh, and they're taking a, a long, hard look. Uh, defense coordinator Keith Butler said uh, that's uh, what they're going to continue to do until they see some sort of resolution. This is training camp, so we get a chance today to see everybody and see what they can do and and how they're going to help us. We're looking at all three of them. Uh, nobody, you know, nobody's a definite guy right now, and we'll we'll see what happens as as the preseason goes along. Now, if you were listening real close, there you heard a uh, a dad gum out of Keith Butler. That's the third <laughs> one. I had interviewed him once in the springtime, and he gave us two, and now this is a. The second Keith Butler interview, and he has added to the Dad gum total. I'm going to keep the. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: are you keeping a running tally for the length of camp?
3: The uh, length of the season, the Dad oh. Gumbo, Dad Gumbo meter.
1: Nice. It, okay. It's,
3: it's now up to three, uh, <laughs> and it's early. <laughs> I mentioned Vince Williams, John Bostick, and Tyler Matakey, which are the three guys they're looking at for the two inside linebacker spots. Uh, a lot of people uh, aren't real impressed with those three guys. Uh, they're not real impressed with uh, the inside linebacker position, uh, I, would, I would tend to agree with them. I think uh, uh, they maybe should have done more to upgrade that. Uh, they tried to do it in the draft through the acquisition of safety Terrell Edmonds, who can do some linebacker-type stuff in sub-packages. But uh, one guy who has no problem whatsoever with what the Steelers have available at inside linebacker is Tyler Matikiewicz, and he doesn't really care what anybody else thinks about uh, the quality of talent at the position.
6: You can't worry about that. You can't worry about that outside noise and stuff. Uh, you only can control what you can control. You know what I mean? You've got to control the controllables, and that's on you. Um, so, I mean, that's what I'm doing every day. I'm just trying to learn, get a better understanding of the game, pick these coaches' brains, and just, just really play fast.
3: And in terms of uh, what the Steelers might have available at outside linebacker uh, in September, stay tuned, because uh, General Manager Kevin Colbert said that while they uh, added John Bostick and... Uh, Nobody else in terms of uh, signing a veteran free agent. Uh, there is still time to do so. There are still players out there, and uh, who winds up at uh, ILB uh, is yet to be determined.
2: That's stuff that, that can continue to evolve. Um, just because we didn't doesn't mean we won't. Um, you know, I, John Bostic we thought was a was a nice uh, signing that fit. Um, and again, we're never going to sell Tyler short. You know, we don't talk enough about. You know, Tyler got hurt a quarter later than than Ryan did, I believe. So we don't know what Tyler's capable of doing as a 16-game potential 16-game starter. We have an idea what John Bostic was able to do as a 14-game starter last year, but that was with another team. So, yeah, there's guys available, and who knows, maybe. Over the pre, over the training camp, we won't be happy. Maybe we will, but in the meantime, let's look at these guys first.
3: Keeping their options open, Val.
1: Well, you know, it's a good way to think, I guess. Is it, it? I don't know.
3: It's either a good way to think or it means you just don't know what else to do because you haven't <laughs> figured it out yet. <laughs> Either way, uh, no practice today, off day here at St. Vincent.
1: Are they, wait, are they going to go to? Is this when they go to like Dave and Buster's or go to a
3: movie or? Nah, this is just uh, everybody go chill. Oh, okay, I'm going to the Pirate game. Wow, oh, uh, right. if that means anything to you, I'm going to get down there and see them play the Cubs. Have fun. I will.
1: Hopefully, the weather holds out.
3: Well, whether it does or doesn't, there's you're uh, going things to do down there you know what i'm saying valerie <laughs> i
1: know what you're saying
3: <laughs> i'll talk to you next hour
1: all right thanks mike uh i have news coming up for you at the top of the hour and uh, a local invention celebrating 50 years so we'll talk about that coming up it's a dve morning show
8: how much is the hooch file?
1: well you have to i don't know if it's like an auction but you have to you have to win the lottery first
8: you have to win the lottery to buy the booze, is yes. that correct? Yes, because it's so. Okay, here's personal. how that conversation not would go in Swissville. Hey, you know, let's get in that lottery and we can win a ticket to buy that expensive booze. And it's quiet, and then your buddy goes, Or we can go drink for 19 <laughs> hours for 12 bucks at Rocco's. <laughs>
0: This is a classic bird in the hand versus one in the bush
3: type thing. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
1: Uh, It's our good friend, Billy Gardell. He's uh, normally on with us in the 9 o'clock hour on Tuesday. Unable to join us today, but we're going to feature some of his best stuff coming up this hour. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Danielle Dozier. It's 68 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. California's deadly wildfires keep getting bigger. The Car Fire has scorched more than 103,000 acres near Redding in Northern California. It's killed six people and destroyed more than 800 homes and other buildings. Two firefighters were killed while fighting the 57,000-acre Ferguson Fire near Yosemite. It's forced some of the park's most popular areas to shut down. The Mendocino Complex Fire northwest of Sacramento has burned about 56,000 acres. 17 wildfires are burning in California. Someone who bought a Powerball ticket in Pittsburgh ahead of this past Saturday's drawing has a million dollars coming their way. Officials say one winning million dollar ticket was sold at the Stop and Shop on Ardmore Boulevard. That store will also get five grand just for selling the winning ticket. A very big burger celebrating a big birthday. McDonald's will be giving out Mac coins with the purchase of a Big Mac in honor of the 1968 national launch of the iconic hamburger. And do you remember this? To
4: all the patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun.
8: Say that again. To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame
1: seed bun. Ah, that was great. That was from the 70s. I had a t-shirt that said that on it when I think I was in fourth grade. Uh, starting Thursday, each customer who buys a Big Mac will get a Mac coin good for another Big Mac. The offer is good at locations in more than 50 countries. Thursday was chosen as the start of the promotion because it would have been the 100th birthday of Jim Delagotti, the McDonald's franchisee who was credited with investing. Inventing the Big Net and Big Mac, Deligati passed away two years ago. The Mac coins will come in five different designs, one for each of the past five decades. And the Big Mac Museum is right here on, in our area on Route 30 in North Huntington. Sean McDowell going to be broadcasting live from the museum this Thursday afternoon from 3 to 7. And everyone who stops by Sean's broadcast will get registered to win a pair of tickets to both the Steelers' home preseason games. And today is National Mutt Day, or if you want to be fancy and official, it's National Mixed Breed Dog Day. Of course, being fancy, not what mutts are all about, organizers say National Mutt Day is all about embracing, saving, and celebrating mixed breed dogs. About 80% of the dogs in shelters are mixed breeds, and they are all looking for homes. Officials with the San Antonio Aquarium in Texas say a trio of thieves stole a shark and smuggled it out of the aquarium in a stroller. A spokeswoman for the aquarium said a suspect is in custody. The shark is alive and well despite the traumatic experience. Video surveillance shows the thieves walking through the aquarium on Saturday before taking off with the 16-inch horn shark. They apparently snagged the shark from the interactive touch pool, threw it in a bucket, and then into a stroller. Staff did eventually catch up to those thieves. Lindsay Lohan is getting her very own reality show on MTV. It's called Lohan Beach Club. It'll follow her as she turns her own beach club in the Greek islands from a restaurant to a nightclub. Lindsay announced it on Good Morning America yesterday. The show is set to premiere sometime next year. Finally, Alan Alda wants people to know that he has Parkinson's disease, and he's doing well. The award-winning actor, director, and writer said today on CBS This Morning that he was diagnosed in 2015. Alda says he's had a full life since he was diagnosed three and a half years ago. He says he's acted, given talks, started a new podcast. Uh, Alda said he hardly has any symptoms other than noticing his thumb twitch. He said he thought it was only a matter of time before someone did a story on his condition from a sad point of view, and Alda said that is not where he is right now. Alda starred in the longtime CBS hit series MASH, where he won Emmy Awards as an actor, a writer, and director. And he also won a supporting actor Emmy for his work on The West Wing. Showers and thunderstorms developing this afternoon and tonight. 80 degrees for the high at 68 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Pursuta broadcasting live from his dorm at Steelers training camp in Latrobe. We'll hear from him coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's a DVE morning show.
0: We were talking with Billy. It's a soup day in Pittsburgh, Bill. It's raining and it's about 50 degrees. Yeah, that's soup alert
8: right there. That's heavy. All
0: right. And we for some reason, we got on the uh, uh, topic of crackers. All right. Um. Given your druthers, which cracker do you go to? What's your go-to cracker?
8: Like I said, I, I go um, – I, I like saltines. Straight saltines are my favorites. And I used to hate when you go to, like, a a, a nice dinner party or something and people try to – they put out that stupid, you know, I don't know if it's made of sand or what, but those fancy <laughs> those crackers. Those grain like, oh, crackers.
7: Get, get out of malty, here. Just grains. like,
8: dang, you can't – you pop for some Ritz or some saltines – We'll call it by another name if it makes you more comfortable and feel more important, but you, you can't mess with saltines with soup. Oh, There's nothing God. better. Here's a better.
0: cracker with a bunch of seeds hidden in it. Have fun yeah, with
8: it. Here's that. a cracker from you know from Brazil. I, I don't need any of that. Can we just let's hit them? And I like my saltines just a little stale. I'm a weirdo.
0: Yeah, but all right, salt. So that's for soup, okay? Saltines for soup. You don't want saltines like put out at a party with cheese.
8: No, I would do that.
0: Uh, <laughs> right. Now you don't know me. Ritz are pretty good. Would you do that with Whiz?
8: Cheese Whiz, you got to go Ritz.
0: Yeah, Ritz all day.
8: Yeah, because if you get what you... Cheese Whiz is just dirty, so you got to get down with Ritz with that. Because Feel- you need a little sweet to offset it.
0: It's got a nice tray.
8: It's a nice tray.
1: The only thing yeah. my dad could make when I was a kid was he would give me saltines with butter on. He's like, right, here. That is Whoa. so...
8: Wow, that That's is that so nice. Irish. My my grandmother on the Irish side would butter everything. <laughs> she would butter everything. Was we it used to Terry's gold. I, <laughs> just just butter everything. But I tell you, one of my favorite things is uh, uh, cold corned beef and butter and that kind of sandwich, or meatloaf, butter and ketchup.
1: My dad used to eat. You, that. Wonder, why yeah.
8: on, you wonder? You wonder why I'm on the whole thirty diet now? That's yeah. the reason. That's a hurry-up-and-die sandwich. Butter yeah, yeah, butter
2: in your meatloaf. <laughs>
8: That's what they should call it. Make me a hurry-up-and-die, will you? <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Oh my. DVE Sports. It's
1: a DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter, joined by Mike Brasuda, live from his dorm at Steelers Training Camp in Latrobe. You know, I was thinking earlier, I'm like, gosh, I, I feel like I should kind of tease something you're going to talk about but it's been kind of uneventful so far a few injuries over the weekend the ramon foster injury not as serious as initially thought so that's good news but no you know fights in practice yet
3: an almost fight
1: no scandals
3: yeah it's been pretty quiet i guess uh steeler nation probably pretty pleased about that based on what went on last year uh Sports this hour is brought to you by Barstool Sports. Rough and rowdy brawl on August the fifth. Uh, the big development uh, occurred last night. At least the most recent big development occurred last night. That was when the Pirates pulled the trigger on a trade that uh, acquired the services of Texas Rangers closer Keone Kella. The Bucks sent double uh, A pitcher Taylor Hearn uh, to the Rangers, and they'll also give Texas a player to be named. Uh, keller's 25 years of age he's got 44 strikeouts in 36 and two-thirds innings this year and uh, he is not scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent until 2021 he is a hard-throwing right-hander that should really uh, bolster the pirates bullpen and who knows maybe uh, bolstering the bullpen is the way to ease an inexperienced core of starting pitchers uh, through the remainder of the season uh, the Pirates. Uh, identifying themselves as sellers rather, excuse me, as buyers rather than sellers last night. And uh, who knows, maybe more moves will be in store before the 4 uh, p.m. non-waiver trade deadline this afternoon. Uh, Keller presumably will uh, get here just in time to help the Pirates uh, against the Cubs tonight. Uh, It's the first of two games against the division-leading Cubs. John Lester against Jamison Tyone, 7.05 at PNC Park Lester is 12 and 3 with a 3.06 ERA. He has pitched against the Pirates three times this season. Uh he has a couple of wins and a no decision. His most recent effort against the Bucks was on June the 9th in Chicago. Lester went seven innings, gave up just one hit, no runs, walked two and struck out five in a two-nothing Cubs win. Jameson Tyone is 7 and 7 with a 3.73 ERA. He has not faced the Cubs this year, but he's allowed three earned runs or fewer in 11 straight starts and in 18 of his 21 on the season. Bucks are four and five against the Cubs this year. Uh, They will see them tonight and Wednesday night at PNC Park, and then uh, four games here from August the 16th through August the 19th, and four at Wrigley Field from September the 24th through September the 27th. Pirates trail the Cubs by seven games. In the n l central Division, so if they're going to make any uh serious uh advances on that deficit, they're going to have to win these head to head games uh The Brewers are second in the division, one game out in the race for uh the two wild cards. Arizona is currently in possession of the second wild card bucks are four games excuse me three and a half games behind the Diamondbacks. The Braves and Rockies are in between. The Pirates and Diamondbacks in that wild card race. The Steelers are off today, and Val, as you mentioned, it's been uh, relatively uh, unassuming. Uh, Mike Tomlin keeps uh, saying that they're getting good work in every day, and it appears that they are based on the way practices are unfolding. Uh, we all, we have seen one thing this year that uh, I cannot remember having seen previously. That's when they did the backs on backers drill on Saturday, the first day in shoulder pads. They included cornerback Mike Hilton. Normally. Backs on backers is uh, kind of what it sounds like. It's uh, running backs and tight ends trying to block linebackers. It's a one-on-one pass rush, pass protection drill. Uh, the, the linebacker gets a running start, and uh, the running back or tight end is not allowed to cut block the uh, pass rusher as uh, they normally would be in games. So really it's a, it's kind of a test of will as well as a test of skill. It's loud. It's violent. Uh, It gets everybody screaming, uh, all the assistant coaches that are watching, all the players who aren't participating in the ongoing rep. uh, Really a tone setter for training camp. And the inclusion of Hilton this year was fascinating because uh, Mike Hilton, uh, the Steelers' slot corner, is only 5'9 and 184 pounds. But he really demonstrated an ability to rush the passer either off the corner or out of the slot last year. He wound up with four sacks. It is part of his game, and uh, therefore Mike Tomlin decided that it was appropriate to include Mike Hilton in a drill that's uh, normally reserved for the big guys. You know, he's a guy that we blitz some. We brought him some last year. Um, I'm sure as he
4: goes into year two as a defender um, that people are going to anticipate that some, and he's going to have to beat some backs. And so uh, – you know, we're not going to ask him to do do things that we're not going to give him ample preparation to execute in. So that's what it's about. Um, he's going to come some as our blitz game, and we're giving him an opportunity to develop skills or a rush
3: plan associated with that work. How'd he do? Did well. Now, if there's been a cornerback uh, that had participated in backs on backers previously, I can't remember it. it and uh, you've it, been there a long time. If it wasn't a first, it's certainly uh, well out of the ordinary. But uh, Mike Hilton likes rushing the passer, and he was uh, – Grateful for the opportunity to get some work toward that end. He put it on the table for me. And, uh, just throughout OTAs, he,
6: you know, blitzing. We don't ever really get to work on moves. So he's like, Latrobe, come get some back-on-backers
3: work and really
6: t- test out what you're going to do when you get in there, put in the situation.
3: So Hilton took Tomlin uh, up on his invitation. I mentioned Hilton, five nine one eighty four. He went against running back Fitz Toussaint, who's 5'9", 204 pounds. And on the first rep, uh, Hilton exploded and went right after Toussaint and blasted him out of the way and then got to the uh, pretend quarterback. Uh, Inside linebackers coach Jerry Olsafsky was going crazy. Uh, The defense loved it, but Fitz Toussaint rallied uh, and uh, won the next two reps, uh, including uh, the third rep, after which uh, Mike Hilton ended up on the ground. Here's uh, Hilton assessing what went down.
6: Uh, You know, uh, I, I try to try to mix it up because most people think I'm just trying to run around them. So when I'm able to bang with them a little bit, get them off balance, I can make a play after them. Looked like you guys had three pretty good reps. We did. You know, uh, me, me and Fitz, we go at it all the time, man. Uh, we, we both got that same mentality. We small, but we we got a dog mentality. You scored two to one him? Yeah, he he got two to one on me, so I'm pretty sure we'll get another round either today or next practice. You ended up on the ground on the last one? On the last one, yeah, last one he caught me, man. You know, it happens, but... No, I know what I got to do next time.
3: Yeah, it's really a competitive drill, and the, the offenses and defenses are, are at each other. They're yelling at each other. The coaches are uh, incredibly involved. And while we heard Mike Thomas say he wanted Mike Hilton there to uh, help Hilton hone his pass rush skills, which opposing teams presumably are going to see coming this year. Uh, after uh, Fitz Toussaint uh, blocked Hilton so effectively on that third rep that Hilton ended up flat on his back, Tomlin came over and said, and i quote that 's why I hesitate to bring your little ass down here, <laughs> so <laughs> you gotta perform in this kind of drill or you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hear about it if you don't but uh they'll do that a couple more times uh in training camp probably Friday night during the uh, Friday night lights practice." at latrobe stadium nothing uh today everybody's gonna rest up uh for the big arrival of the dve morning show tomorrow i'm I'm guessing
1: i'm guessing everybody at camp is just waiting for that
3: (laughs) people have been asking about it really oh absolutely wow well good well hey one thing i I want
1: to let you know and uh, everybody else know joe just told me this tomorrow on the show a very very special guest and a longtime friend of the dve morning show rocky blyer Going to be joining us tomorrow along with Gene Collier. He is re-releasing; uh, it's a special edition of his book "Fighting Back," and he's launching the "Fighting Back for Veterans" campaign. So, uh, Gene Collier wrote a couple additional uh, chapters for the book. So, uh, it's going to be cool to have him in. He'll tell us all about his uh, "Fighting Back for Veterans" campaign and what that involves, and. Uh, looking forward to talking with him, and he also is uh, was named as a member of the Steelers Hall of Honor class of 2018.
3: Yes, he was, and so, a well-deserving member. And that's a that's a great book if you haven't read "Fighting Back." The movie tells a great story, but it's maybe not the best movie ever made. Val, I got to be honest. Yeah, uh,
1: Robert Urich, is that who started it? He
3: he he is uh, Rocky Blair, and I believe Art Carney is uh, Art Rooney Senior.
1: Well, we'll look forward to having Rocky in tomorrow and uh, yeah, tell us Houston. what he's going on. He's it's got always going fun on. talking to him. All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to
7: you tomorrow. Thanks, Val. It's DVE Morning Show. Billy, when you were talking about the Miata, I got a great story thing back back to my childhood. My dad, we used to have the two cars, the Horizon. Remember the Horizons, like this sure. little, little yellow cars, like this car's the greatest, you know. Meanwhile, I was I was in, living in Upper Saint Clair. I looked like I was in Compton. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, everyone's got the Mercedes, <laughs> the we got the Horizon, you know. But we also had this huge uh, Mercury Lincoln, like big blue Mercury Lincoln, like like literally like it was a tank, right? So my Love my it. sister's late for. Uh, my sister's late for soccer practice one day, and my dad's a maniac driver. He just is, you know. So the horizon's in the driveway. My my the, the Mercury Lincoln's in is in the, is in the uh, garage. The Garage opens. My dad's like, Bruh! boom! Hits the horizon. The horizon launches across the street. Straight up, boom! Fight across the street. Right. It goes into our neighbor's yard. Our four, all four tires are exploded. <laughs> the hood of the car the hood of the car's up. It's steaming. My dad's like, oh god! Goes inside. He's like, Jen, we got a minor problem out here. My mom I was like, "Jesus Christ, minor, minor problem. The car's total. You gotta be kidding me!" Next thing you know, my dad's like, "All right, we gotta go to practice." Pulls off. My mom, poor mom, we gotta there. go to practice.
8: Yeah, fun with yeah. yeah, that. Right. Get that car out of the Late tree. Leave God, I knew he was gonna do that before he said it. Leave it. We'll get it when we get back. He did
7: leave it. So my mom's sitting there in a the driveway. You know, the, the family comes out. What the heck? Cars total. So the rest of my my parents didn't have enough money to get it totally fixed. So they got it kind of fixed. Yeah. So like my mom. <laughs> my mom my, my mom would drive me around like you know, drop you off in like Upper St. Clair, like the like, cool girls like uh, sixth grade party, and I'd be like, Mom, drop me off at the library, I'll walk. She's like, I'll tell you what, this car gets us made to see you don't like it. You can just walk you can walk <laughs> from home. Pittsburgh. So what a tale of what a tale of two, you know, two two stories. I was so I felt so weird that we had the worst car in Saint Clair growing up. Well, the other day I treated myself like a couple months ago. I bought a Tesla and uh, the Model X car. The it comes out the falcon oh, wings dude, come up. Yeah. So my kids are so embarrassed, right? So I go to pick up my daughter the other day. It, They're it, embarrassed it, by oh, the yeah. Tesla. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's so embarrassed. What the wings Why, coming wait, up? Wait, wait, wait. Why are they
8: embarrassed about the Tesla? It's just the, too nice. The
7: falcon wings come up and it looks like it's like uh, you know, uh, yeah, Michael murder. J. Fox like yeah. Back to the Future. So my daughter, I go to pick her up. It's <laughs> like Damn. the opposite of the horizon. Now we got the best car. And she's Damn. like... Pick me up, th- pick me up, right? She's like, pick me up down there, Dad. I'm like, why? She's, so I'm like, get in the car. So I, here come the Falcon wings, come up. So she, in
0: front of her friends, you got the Falcon wing doors opening yeah. up. She gets
7: in the car. It's like the opposite of the horizon. The piece of crap car. Yeah. Right? She gets in, starts balling. Oh. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, listen. Back in sixth grade, I had the worst car in town. Again. <laughs>
8: <laughs> this yes, car yes, gets us from A to Z. luxury. That's <laughs> And I don't it's no hear. justice case.
7: Exactly. Uh, come on, Billy, you got to be kidding me.
8: No justice at all. It just uh, it just reiterates the point that it's uh, uh, during certain phases they just don't want to be spotted with us. Yep.
7: Exactly. They're so.
8: It embarrassed. doesn't matter what's going on. You could come in on a hovercraft. And say, God, God. <laughs> Why do you have to bring the (laughs) 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 hovercraft? Just get in. in. (laughs) As a kid (laughs) nothing hovered? (laughs) (laughs) We had to use wheels. You know what a wheel is? (laughs) Now listen, this is a song by Crowded (laughs) House.
0: That's
2: a (laughs) walk-off.
0: This thing will hover you from point A to point (laughs) Z. Listen,
8: listen, plutonium don't grow on trees, so stop acting all snobby. Think this is easy?
0: No, I'm not going to hover a block away. (laughs) (laughs) I told you
2: for the last time I ain't dropping you off on the roof. No. No.